This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Winter, spring, summer, fall. It doesn't matter what the calendar says. It's always baseball season and time for talking about your Minnesota Twins. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show, keeping you connected with your team with the latest news, moves, interviews, and more. We have the bases covered. Now, here is your host of the Twins Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show. It is... uh... One of those nights where you want to huddle around the stove, it's getting cold, it's getting Christmassy, and obviously the holiday looming this weekend. Winter meetings are now in the rearview mirror. The Twins have added a couple of new faces, not only on the playing side of things, but also in the minor league uh, uh, personnel uh, that was announced earlier today. So a lot to talk about with Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey. Happy holidays to you. Welcome back from Orlando. And let's start with the player side of things. Uh, last week at this time, uh, Thad joined us to talk a little bit about Michael Pineda, a deal that just makes so much sense for so many reasons. Since then, Fernando Rodney has been added. Uh, talk about what went into the decision uh, and the conversations with Fernando uh, to get a guy in here to start judging chili competitions uh, right <laughs> off the bat. We, uh, we went through the process of trying to identify um, certainly opportunities we've talked all along about impacting our pitching. And, uh, you know, going into the offseason, we knew the, the closing role, not that we didn't have candidates internally that we felt could potentially step into it, but if we could find somebody who was established, who had some experience in that space, it may allow us to use other guys in different roles in the bullpen uh, in, in other ways. And, in, and we also have long put an emphasis since we've been here on on character and makeup and the right kind of fit in our clubhouse. And Fernando's every bit of all of those things for us. So a uh, fun-loving guy, likes to be around, who's kept himself in incredible shape and, and put himself in a position to be uh, a, a really good closer last year for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So we're excited about the opportunity to add him now to our group and continue to find ways to help our team. Does his very presence and his lengthy resume uh, allow for the young guys who have pitched towards the back end to maybe uh, grow at the more natural rate and not show up in Fort Myers thinking, oh man, I might have to be the closer. I got to try to talk themselves into something maybe they're not ready yet for. I, I think it's always helpful to have somebody back there who's who's established in in either that role or or one of the subsequent roles that lead into the late in- innings of a game. Uh, I do think at some point. You know, for every new closer, you know, whether it was anybody we've had historically here, they had to do it for a first time sometime. So we, we certainly recognize that there's uh, some growth and development in our young pitchers that still is yet to come. But having someone back there like Fernando who's had that experience, who can help those guys along, uh, that's only going to help us. I look at the way an Irvin Santana mentors a Jose Barrios. Do you see that, those traits from Fernando Rodney, wherever he's been? Very very similarly. When we talk to different teammates who've been around him, Torrey Hunter was somebody who had played with him uh, for a period of time in Detroit. And somebody who said, you know, the way he came, he just loves the game. You know, he's a he's a fun-loving guy, loves to be around the clubhouse. He'll, he'll be the type of... Uh, personality that I think will really mesh with our guys. Yeah, that's going to be a whole lot of fun, and he's already been in town, and he made a splash with the front office 
testing the chili yep. at the chili cook-off, so we know uh, that he's got uh, at least taste buds that function Absolutely. at, at no this point in time. Still pitchers out there. A lot of talk's going to center around you, Darvish. Jake Arrieta is a guy people are talking a lot about. Uh, right now, for a lot of the front-end free agent pitchers, especially starters, is it about years? Uh, because, obviously, they get to be 30-ish. They're looking for some security. They're looking for five, six years. The number of six-year deals that work out, pretty low over the course of time, and yet that seems to be where at least conversations have to start. Yeah, I, I think every every free agent season has its own pace, and, and I would say that this one, uh, well, maybe from the fans' perspective, has not uh, heated up enough yet. Uh, I, I do think that we, we still have a lot of opportunity out there, uh, both in free agency and trade. I, and, and when you think about length of contracts and dollars, you, you can't build a team primarily through free agency. I just don't believe that. I've talked all along that this is a supplement to building the right kind of team, and we have to build around our core. So we want to be thoughtful and find the right opportunities. When they present, we'll strike. Uh, but we need to be patient through that process, and uh, I'm confident we'll have opportunities to help our team moving forward. You talk about trades, a guy like Evan Longoria, who's been the face of that franchise for a long time, uh, going to be wearing a Giants uniform. Uh, we've seen some other big names traded already, and I know those discussions are, are ongoing. Yesterday, new development. You always talk about seeking all avenues to add pitching. Uh, Tim Lincecum, looking like he's training for a superhero movie, uh, is, is going to have a showcase. He's going to throw for some guys is that something that the minnesota twins would be involved with 100 percent, of course i mean we we know we never uh we go to any event there is around finding (laughs) opportunities for pitching i'll tell you that and and tim obviously with an incredible resume uh certainly someone who's had a a tough couple of years here but uh you you see guys bounce back and so we want to make sure that we're evaluating what we see there and if there's the right opportunity we hope to have a conversation tell us about will kinley uh he's tearing it up in the dominican right now he's a big guy he came out of the marlins organization at double a and uh, and obviously Rule 5s are kind of a, a coin flip. Uh, you're not going to get a whole lot of Johan Santana's out of that deal, but obviously you liked him enough to take a flyer. Sure. So Kinley's somebody who our, our scouts and analysts kind of collectively a, a great opportunity for that group as we prepped out the potential options in the Rule 5 draft. Certainly picking where we were, we had to have a, a deeper list. Uh, but Kinley was somebody who we felt really strongly about, that if he were there, it would be a great opportunity. He's somebody who uh, made some changes to his training regimen, uh, has done some things that we learned about, uh, that allowed him to pitch better. He's he's gone he's gone down to the Dominican in a tough environment, pitch exceptionally well. You know, hard thrower, guy who can has real stuff and ability. We'll see where it takes us in spring training. If he's a guy that fits us moving forward in the bullpen, we'll, we'll be excited to have him. It is one of the keys when you have a Rule Five guy not becoming so chained to the idea that he has to be there all year long. Just being able to mentally say, we hope he makes it, but if he's not going to be a functioning part of our active roster, we're okay letting him go back? No question. I, I think that you have a you have a 25-man active roster, and, and none of those uh, none of those spots are given to anybody, and so they have to be earned. And uh, certainly with uh, a Rule 5 pick, you, you kind of think of it like you do with a guy out of options because you know that if you expose him back, you know, he goes back to another team or could be claimed. So we certainly, he needs to go ahead and make that team going in through spring training. If he does, great. Uh, you know, If not, we have to make some different decisions, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But we're excited to add that kind of arm to our system. You did lose a couple of guys in the Rule 5. I don't think it's a shock. Birdie, Bard, but you also kept some guys. You know, Cole Stewart didn't get sure. nabbed. Uh, uh, Jake Reed didn't get picked up. Will those guys be part of the system moving forward? Absolutely. Uh, we feel... Uh, Every time you go through a protection cycle and you have to figure out where guys are going to be and whether or not to add them to the 40-man, 
Some of it's around roster flexibility. It really, it, it says nothing of how you view the players. It's more just the realities of, of how do you figure out the 40 spots. And I think in, in the case of the two players you just mentioned, among others who we, we left unprotected, we're really happy to have them. You know, we're going to focus on getting them to a position to help us, whether it's 2018 or, or beyond. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show. Derek Falvey is our guest. We're going to hear from Garvin Alston a little bit later on as well. Uh, minor league staff announcements came out today, and I know you guys have been working on this for a long time. One familiar face probably to you, and certainly anybody who watched the Indians play or anybody who opened a pack of baseball cards in the late 80s, Joel Skinner is going to be in Rochester. Uh, very well respected around the game. How did uh, Joel Skinner's uh, entrance into the Twins organization come about? You know, when we had the opportunity uh, during the course of this season, Mike Quaddy, our manager in AAA, who incredibly well respected manager there, did a great job for us in Rochester, had uh, had expressed some interest in going into a coordination role. He had been an outfield coordinator before and uh, something that he wanted to pursue again, and we had the open opportunity. So we, we talked with Mike about taking on that role because he, he wanted it, and we wanted to support that. But we knew that would leave us with a hole in AAA. It's such an important level to have uh, a good feel for players and what they go through and the challenges of that last step to the major leagues or a guy that got sent down and is disappointed because he didn't perform in the major leagues. So you want somebody there with that kind of perspective and experience. And uh, Skins is somebody who has had such incredible experiences across baseball, is so thoughtful, connects so well with players, uh, has such a great relationship with uh, Derek Shelton, our bench coach, you know, from his time together, for their time together back uh, in Cleveland. So we feel like we really, we hit a home run with with getting him back into the fold uh, with, with, with a team and and managing there in AAA because he's had experiences both at the major league level as a coach and as an interim manager there and then also throughout the minor league. He's done everything, I mean, everything. at every level. And, and he'll be in Rochester. Tommy Watkins bumps up to Chattanooga after a strong first year as a manager. Toby Gardenhire is going to be uh, in Cedar Rapids. I know he really uh, dove in headlong last year, helping out in Rochester early in the year and, and also down in the GCL. Yeah, Toby's a guy who, uh, you know, we certainly met early on. I, I, I know his father, you know, coming in when I get a chance to meet him uh, he's learned a lot from his dad but has also kind of grown as himself as a coach and, and as a manager and someone who can lead young men and he's had great experiences incredibly open-minded and curious so we feel like this is a this is the right next challenge for him uh, and we'll support him with a really good coaching staff and the right the right system around him and player development to be successful. Now, obviously, a familiar name there. There will be some new names, guys like Dan Ramsey in the GCL. Uh, you've rated the college ranks at Radford and at Duke for some some pitching uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, acumen. Yep. Uh, talk a little bit about where some of these new faces uh, were dug up in mind and what they can bring to the Twins organization. And we talked a lot about trying to identify teachers, you know, people who uh, would come in that had experiences in baseball and had really impacted young players developing. When you think about a minor league system, some of your players are, you know, as young as 16 years old there, you know, coming into your system and and spending time. And and so the 16s, 17s, 18s, and and beyond, these guys are, are often players that are being recruited by colleges at the same time. And we've identified that there have been some, some coaches in some different spaces that may be a little bit unorthodox with respect to how professional baseball has operated, but found college coaches that had some real experiences teaching and, and using information and 
helping to develop the young athlete. And uh, we, we tapped into some people with different backgrounds. And I think in, as you just mentioned, from a few different colleges, but by and large, these are baseball guys. You know, these are guys that work incredibly hard to help young players get better. And I think that translates whether you're in college or, or in the pros. No, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Derek, we appreciate it. Uh, stopping by here. It's a busy time for you. Have a great holiday. And uh, we will see you on the other side as you continue what has been a busy and promises to continue to be a very busy offseason. Happy holidays to you, Chris, and to everyone out there. That's Derek Fowley. Take a break. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show. Garvin Alston, when we return on your home for Twins Baseball. Your flagship home of Minnesota Twins Baseball. 830-WCCO. This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. Appreciate Derek Falvey stopping by tonight, catching us up uh, with what's going on with the Twins front office. And now pleased to be joined by Twins pitching coach Garvin Alston as well. And lots to talk about Garvin in terms of pitching. And that's kind of off-season. Every club's talking about pitching. You take over as pitching coach. You've got a tremendous and varied history. And a big part of that is as a rehab coordinator. And that's why I think it's so interesting with the Michael Pineda signing, uh, because you will have a full year to involve yourself, albeit while you have some other duties, uh, obviously, as well, uh, to involve yourself in that process. Were you a part of the process leading up to the signing? And how excited are you to get to work with this young man? I wasn't, uh, well, first of all, yes, I was very excited to, or going to be very excited to working with him, but I wasn't involved in the process. Um, we talked about it um, vaguely, but it was something that was uh, on the radar. When I, I look at the what you've done, though, in that role, it's such a unique role, and your ability as the big league pitching coach to understand what needs to be going on down there away from the limelight to get a guy ready to come back and, and be an effective part of your rotation, though, I would think that would be a major asset moving forward. Well, I would hope so. I mean, my whole thing is with rehab and being able to be a part of this and helping him get back to the field as uh, soon as he can and as soon as he's healthy and ready to go. Uh, I would just share my experiences and, and share all the things that I've been a part of and the things that I, I saw that worked over the past six years. Uh, I would definitely go ahead and, and, and offer that information up and to be able to help and get him back to the big leagues as soon as possible because without a doubt he's a huge asset. Fernando Rodney is the latest member of the Minnesota Twins, and uh, he'll be assigned the back end of that bullpen role. As uh, a guy uh, taking over as a pitching coach, is that a nice little kind of sigh of relief to know going in that it's not going to be a question uh, to start the year as to how that last three outs necessarily is uh, to con- be concerned with, uh, that you can let the young guys kind of grow into who they're going to be, but know you've got a salty old guy who's used to getting the final three? Absolutely. It's comforting to know that you have somebody that's, that's done it before, that's been there for a long time and has been very successful at it. Um, having Fernando back there, it stabilizes things. It puts other people in positions where they may not be ready for at this present moment, and knowing that Fernando can go out there and absorb that energy and, and do the things that he can do, which we all know that he can go out there and, and shut, down, uh, shut down doors and shoot his arrow so we can all (laughs) go home happy you know it's always interesting to watch when you have a veteran on a staff that is largely pretty young and we saw that last year because by and large this was a young team 
At the end of the yeah. year, guys like Hildenberger and Busnitz and guys who barely had their toes in the pool, the big leagues, were being asked to get some major outs in meaningful games. And then you had a veteran guy like maybe an Irvin Santana. And you could see his right. impact on Jose Barrios. How big is that for you when you look at how a staff is made up to have a veteran guy, not only who's done it, but who is the type of guy who can pay it forward and communicate and make those other guys around him better? Well, it's necessary. I think in every uh, locker room, when you walk through it, you need to have that veteran presence for guys to go out there and if things are, the young guys are feeling a little bit unsure, that they can actually go to and have communication and talk to and have dinner and hang out with each other in their, in their room share information and experiences that they actually have been through. And um, that helps out. I mean, Paulie talks about it, and we talked about it a little bit. The locker room should run itself. And having a presence of guys that have been there, done it at a high level, to be able to help your team succeed and win games, then that is something that is definitely necessary. Yeah, and you'll have a couple of those veteran guys now, and obviously uh, I think there's going to be some other faces maybe that we haven't yet uh, learned about or heard about uh, who always emerge because that's it's kind of the way baseball always tends to work. By and large, though, there's going to be a lot of guys who had a taste of the big leagues, and in particular your bullpen guys, had a taste of it, maybe had a taste of some success, maybe got their nose bloodied for the first time. Those guys, to me, always are worth watching because as you enter go-around number two or three, as the league adjusts, and now you have to adjust, I feel like that's kind of the which path are you going to take in your career moment for a lot of young pitchers. Would you agree? Right. Oh, I do agree. I mean, no one really knows what the future holds with all the young talent that we have, but I tell you what, what they've shown so far, whether they were a positive experience for this year or a negative experience, the talent is there. And knowing that you have talent and being able to direct that talent in a positive way and give them an opportunity to be successful and be an asset for our organization. Well, as you go into this uh, spring training and whatnot, obviously you're getting to know the players individually as men, uh, as athletes, and you're going to work to make them better. But there's got to be one thing in the back of your mind, Garvin. What are you going to say that first trip to the mound? Have you got? Do you have your mound patter down? Have you considered, you know, are you going to be the guy cracking jokes? Uh, do you have a stern voice when you get to the mound? Have you gone through all the visits that you were on the receiving end of in your career to try to put together what your mound patter is going to be like? And on top of that, you got. Are you going to walk? Are you going to jog? Are you going to run? I mean, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> there is a lot going on. The first thing I would say, I would definitely jog out, but definitely on the timer. So uh, that's <laughs> the first thing. But when we uh, get out there, you know, depending on the situation, if it's a thing to give a guy a blow, you know, maybe crack a joke and have these guys go ahead and take that big, deep breath so they can go ahead and relax and focus in. But if it comes to a situation where it's a, a tough and as I've learned and watching and being out in the bullpen, a lot of times we go out to the bull, um, go out to the mound, excuse me, it's because there's a, a pinch hitter or there's something going on. So majority of the time it's going to be information given in regards to what this guy likes, what he doesn't like, understand the situation, just to slow the situation down a little bit. All right, well, you keep that off-season cardio going for that jog out to the mound. We're going to have that <laughs> timer on you. That's Garvin Alston, the Twins pitching coach. We'll hear more from him in a little bit with three cuts. Right now we take a break. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Chris Atterbury on the radio home for Minnesota Twins Baseball, 830-WCCO. Chris Atterbury welcoming you back to the Twins Hot Stove Show from our network headquarters here at Target Field. Coincidence, as we speak, the Twins holiday party is also just getting underway. Breaking news, you Darvish is not 
attending the cocktail hour of the Twins holiday party. We do have some things we want to share with you. Obviously, if you're scrambling for last-minute gift ideas, well, Twins tickets, whether they're for spring training, whether they're a great regular season, season ticket package, always make a great gift. And I also want to let you know about a way you can help out in, in Puerto Rico. Now, we talked a lot about the devastation in Puerto Rico uh, as the hurricanes were, were doing their damage through the course of the season and so much effort being put in by Puerto Rican baseball players across the major leagues uh, to help their communities. Well, Kenny Vargas, Jose Barrios, they're continuing to do that this holiday season, uh, and you can help. Uh, they have teamed up with Christian Vasquez, a catcher for the Red Sox, uh, for Promesa de Reyes is the name of the organization. That is Promise of the Royals, uh, and that is a a project to help distribute toys to disadvantaged children on Three Kings Day in Puerto Rico. Now, what is Three Kings Day? Well, Three Kings Day is a traditional Puerto Rican holiday in which children gather grass, put that grass inside a cardboard box under their bed as well as a bowl of water so the camels can eat and drink and the Three Kings perhaps would leave them a toy. Well, with so much of Puerto Rico devastated, uh, this initiative is designed to not only jumpstart the economy a little bit, but also allow these kids who have been through so much to maybe find a toy on Three Kings Day, which is January 6th. Kenny Vargas says, and I quote, we need to preserve our traditional holidays so the children don't lose their sense of community and belonging, says Barrios, quote, this initiative makes sure children from disadvantaged communities will get toys for the holidays. Now, they're hoping to raise $25,000 to do this right now. They're a little over $7,000. You can donate. The website is antrocket.com, antrocket.com, and it's Promesa de Reyes. You can find that. Click on it. You can donate. And then Kenny and Jose will actually be feet on the ground helping to make a Three Kings Day memory for disadvantaged children all across Puerto Rico. Pretty cool uh, project that these two young twins are involved in, and hopefully you can be involved in it as well. Well, we've already heard from Derek Falvey. We've heard from pitching coach Garvin Alston. We're going to put Garvin in the hot seat. Three cuts with Garvin Alston coming up, and we'll also wrap up another edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show. Glad to have you with us on a Wednesday night. Back to finish things off next on your home for Twins Baseball. This is WCCO, the radio home of Minnesota Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's our final segment. As always, it's three cuts as we uh, get Garvin Alston, Twins pitching coach, into the batter's box and have him swing away. He's going from reconstructing his house to helping build a pitching staff over the course of the next several months. And our first cut is a it's an easy one, Garvin. It's Mount Vernon, New York. New uh, kind of a under the radar rule that was passed by the league. Two out of every seven coaches have to be from Mount Vernon, New York, and the Twins are now in compliance with you and James Rousen. So, A, do you have any young James Rousen tales that you can share with us? And, B, if you and James arrive at the same time to Mount Vernon's finest restaurant and there's only one table available, who gets the seat? (laughs) Okay. Uh, I don't have any uh, James Rousen stories, Um, but if we were to arrive at the same restaurant, only one seat available, I think both of us would give it up to the next person that's uh, waiting in line. Oh, look at that. That was a great answer. That was very political. That was very nice, very nicely done. All right, I often ask people to list the most famous people who share their name. This might be a short list for you. I don't know a whole lot of Garvins. Are there other famous Garvins, and and where did that awesome name come from? 
that's a good question. I do not know. The only other Alston is Walter Alston is the uh, only person. But as far as Garvin, uh, Chef uh, G. Garvin. I'll go with him. Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna go with the Iceman. <laughs> that works. And finally, Christmas traditions, Garvin. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before we got started today. You've got a, a young and a busy family. Are there Garvin family traditions, either dating back to when you were a kid or ones that you and your family now enjoy, uh, that you guys are, are putting in full gear here as we creep up on uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? Well, usually during our Christmas time and. One tradition we have is the night before, we actually open up one um, Christmas gift per person. And uh, before Santa actually comes down the chimney, uh, for a long time, my daughter, she would write a letter, and she would leave it out there with milk and cookies. And, of course, Santa loves sugar cookies. Loves them. So, <laughs> so sugar cookies and milk will be left out. Uh, before we put everything else underneath the tree. Now, when you say you, you get to pick one out the night before, uh, is yeah. that that's a tough process, right? Because you want to pick, like, the best one. You don't want to pick the socks and underwear, you know, on Christmas Eve and have that be your one present. Well, no. Actually, it's actually pretty simple. So usually the, um, the gifts that we usually pick out that day is the ones that we usually buy for each other. Ah, nice. Uh, those aren't the ones that Santa actually Put underneath the tree. All right. Good stuff. That's a good one. You guys are just a couple of days away from doing just that. And I wish uh, you and your family a wonderful, wonderful holiday. And we can't wait to see you here in Minnesota. Oh, thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. And thank you for your time. Three high-quality cuts there from Garvin Alston. And, boy, just an infectious guy, uh, an upbeat guy. We are going to hear a lot more about who Garvin Alston is kind of his philosophies, his process in coming weeks here on the Twins Hot Stove Show. So do be with us every single Wednesday. Now, next Wednesday, holiday show, a bridge show in between Christmas and New Year's, and we will have the blessed presence of Rod Carew for a very special half hour of Hot Stove Talk next week. At This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.